Hello, this is Liv Peterson from Entrenuity. Thanks for joining us today on the Moxie podcast, where we bring you content to help you move your business forward by capturing the thoughts and techniques from entrepreneurs and business people doing real business with integrity and excellence. Today, we are bringing you Stephen Frazier. Stephen has over 30 plus years of experience managing business turnarounds and driving positive performance results at private equity sponsored and public companies and at entrepreneurial and entrepreneurial startups. In this episode, he speaks on lessons of failure and experience, listening to the advice of others, prioritizing the critical versus the worthy, time management and proper business etiquette. Take a listen and hope you enjoy the Moxie podcast. My next one is a favorite. Independent voices. Every person needs their own personal board of directors. Every business needs advisors who will speak truth and help you avoid mistakes. My partners and I had been doing this garbage thing and it was, it was troubled, but it was at that point doing, and it just popped. And one of the two big national waste companies came and wanted to buy our business. They were prepared to pay a lot of money for it. We didn't have an external, independent, wise voice. What we did, full of arrogance and hubris, we said, yeah, we see your number, but we're worth a lot more. We don't need you. This business is gonna become 10 times bigger. A year later, that business was broken. Now, it was broken for something we never anticipated. It's called stroke of pen risk. It's when a regulation changes. The EPA changed some rules without anticipation, changed the whole industry. And overnight, our business didn't make quite as much sense. My point wasn't stroke of pen. It was, if we'd had some independent voices around our business, whether it was a board that wasn't just made up of ourselves, because when you have a board of your own people, all you're doing is violently agreeing. You're not saying, oh my gosh, what are we missing? Or have we thought about this? Have we thought out of the box? you end up just getting, perpetuating the same bad decision. We didn't have any advisors, not just board members. We didn't have people around our company that were giving us advice. And so whether you are an individual today or a business, I would encourage you to put together your own personal board of directors. There might be someone who is a deep fount of spiritual knowledge and insight. You can go alongside them and say, you know, I'm thinking of starting something and I'd like to have you walk alongside me here a little bit and make sure that my heart is right about this. You might know a lawyer. I'm not asking you to give me free legal advice. I'm not trying to cheat you out of your billable hours, but I'd like to have you speak a little bit of legal truth into my life occasionally when I'm, you know, if I've got an idea and I'm thinking about just using a draft agreement, tell me if that's something I really should get legal advice on because it's my intellectual property agreement or it's my lease on my building or it's my new sales agreement with Target to do the distribution. That's what I mean by having a personal board of directors, people who have a, a point, a focus of knowledge and expertise, and people also will give you independent view. If you get only people around you who like you, and a lot of, a lot of people do that, you don't want to hear the negative voice. You want people who will fan your feathers and say, oh, brilliant idea, you're amazing, I can't believe what you've done with your life. You need a few of those, but that's not going to help you figure out the tough stuff. 
If we'd had an independent voice, I think I would have had a very different net worth trajectory. Now, I wouldn't have learned as much, and I think I might be at the same place. Independent voices, personal board of director. You know, the nice thing about starting a business is everyone wants to be in on the launch of something new. So you don't have to say, I'd like you to be on my board of directors and I'm prepared to pay a fee. You just say, you know what, we're kind of getting stuff started. We want to have some advisors. All, all I can promise you is we're going to take you to dinner once a year. And people will lean into that, partly because if you're having that dialogue with them, they already like you, partly because everyone wants to be in on something new. And you can then use that first year or two to see, you know, they said they'd step in, but they answer their emails a day late or two days late. When I ask them a complicated question, they give me a simplistic answer. They're really not wise. And wisdom is a word in our society does not put any value on anymore. Look for wise people, people who will speak truth, who are slow to speak, who give you insight. Look for wisdom. A lot of smart people, very few wise ones. I didn't know what kind of tips would be helpful, so I thought about the tips that I wish someone had told me uh, much earlier in my career than I did, than I learned it. Tip number one is learning to distinguish between the critical and the worthy. The critical are the things that absolutely have to be done or all of the wheels fall off the wagon and you die. And the worthy things are the things that are on your to-do list that aren't actually going to make a big difference if they're done today or tomorrow. And having made that distinction, and this is on a daily basis, investing yourself in the things which are critical first and then the worthy. So I have a page and a half single-spaced to-do list every day. I have to force myself to say, I love this person and I know that I can help them. And they have asked me a question and it's been sitting in my inbox for a week. I can't get to that because that's going to compromise my, my ability to get the critical. And the critical is that key thing that I have got to do today or two or three things. Learning to distinguish between that and it's like a muscle. It starts and you can't lift much weight. You know, everything looks critical. Okay, and after a while, the muscle starts being able to make a distinction between the critical and the worthy. And you start finding that when you do that, you start getting a bit more traction on the critical stuff. Tip number two, it's hard to do this for me, but it is something I've done for 25 years, is before the end of my day, is I take my to-do list and I reprioritize it and put it on top of the stuff I gotta do first. Because what happens is you come whipping into your office at 5.30 in the morning or at 9.30 in the morning, whatever it is, you come whipping into your office, you go, okay, I'm here, okay, don't worry about what I work on. If you can pick up from the night before, when you'd already been thinking the whole day about the stuff that was to be done, and you already have the top two things you gotta work on and the relevant files below it, you hit the ground running. Otherwise, you spin your tires for 20 minutes. And the most current email has just come in as the one you usually answer, and then you answer another one, and then someone has now calls you, and, and before long, the day is, you know, it's now 11 o'clock. So this idea of prioritizing the critical and the worthy, followed by end of the day, updating your to-do list, and identifying what are the two or three things you gotta do tomorrow, no matter what. If I open my email first thing in the morning, I'm sunk. I can't 
open my email until I've spent some time reading the Word. I start with my email first. I either don't have any time of devotions or it becomes perfunctory. If you start your day saying, I got to spend a few minutes in the Word here, I got to, then the day picks up a little bit more direction. Email. Now, my kids would say, Dad, you're so old, you don't get it. But email matters. And the speed of responsiveness is matters a ton. And people are sending an email instead of calling you, which is great because you don't have to spend time talking to them. But if you don't respond quickly, and almost immediately, definitely within the same day, People will call you and it gums up your day. So I answer your emails and you say, wait a second. I mean, one person says, are you coming? And that's just say, yes, I'll be there. Another person says, I'd like to talk to you about your business plan. I have some concerns about this and that and the other thing. I can't answer that email today. No problem. You send them back a note and say, Art, thank you for your email about the business plan. This is a great question. I can't get back to you until Friday. I need a little bit of time. Art now knows the message was received. Art. His expectation is, I'm not going to be back until Friday, and you better darn well be ready on Friday, but you buy time. But every email is returned the same day, no matter what. You know, Americans expect this level of, in, of instant communication, and we all have communication devices, and we're all positions of, uh, in positions of influence and importance. Every one of us. We have a different sphere of influence, but it's all the same. There's somebody who's depending, or multiple people who are depending on us, or that we're in a dependent relationship because we need what they have. I, my rule is I do not go to bed without answering every email. Now, there could be 15 of them that say, I can't help you for a month. Or I could help you, but I can't get you for a week, and I know that Randy can answer that. Or I need a little bit of time, and I don't specify it. But at least every person who gets an email from me knows that I got it. You know, catch. I caught the ball. I'm now going to debate where I'm going to put, throw it and at what speed. They don't sleep until I have those emails out and I make sure that everyone knows so they don't worry. They don't worry. Because the worst thing to do is I write an email, I, I say, Shavion, I thought about your, your business model last night. I, Shavion, I like the business. I really like to talk about it. If Shavion doesn't give me an email back, I sit there thinking, wait a second, I sent you a note of affirmation. I'm offering some of myself to you, and you're not even home? What kind of a business partner are you? You can't even tell me that you got it? Chavin comes back and says, got your note, flying fast, be in touch, thank you, I'll be in touch with you by Friday. Okay, Chavin's got it, she's got other things, she's an important person, of course she's not going to answer me today. And I now suddenly, hey, you know, my investment in Chavion is worthwhile because I'm dealing with a person who's so important they can't get back for a couple of days, but they let me know they were going to work on it. This is a pet peeve of mine. So. I send an email to Art, and I say, Art, and the heading is Entrenuity. And I say, Art, are you coming to the Moxie thing? Art comes back and says, yes, but by the way, I want to talk to you about international teams. I send him back, great, well, let's talk about international teams, and we talk about that, and I'd really like to see whether you want to come to the Chicago Fellowship thing. And he comes back to me, and and over the course of two months, we have 22 emails that says Entrenuity on it. I can't find what he said to me about Chicago Fellowship. It takes so little time to go into the heading and change the heading for your own purpose so you can find out what you were communicating on and so the other person can too. And nobody does this. 
I have an email right now on email link that's 28 emails with four people. And it's about an acquisition that we want to do in Washington State. And it has now devolved to the agenda for a board meeting in January. And I, and I say, come on, guys, am I the only one who cares about being able to search my emails? <laughs> Little tiny things make a big difference. Punctuality. I heard this week Obama said that he goes early to every meeting. He's five to ten minutes early as the president of the United States. He is early at every meeting. I do it because I want to be early to see who's not. I want to see if the room is laid out in a way that I can use. I want to figure out where I want to sit. I want to make sure I'm near a plug so I can plug my computer in. I want to be the one that's sitting there smiling when people come in 20 minutes late. I just want to be centered. I don't want to be, and for years I was, I was the person who came in. If it was at 10, I was there at 10. But I'd managed it so well that if there was one thing that happened, if my transponder didn't work, if I couldn't find a parking space, if I slipped in the hall, if I spilled coffee down my white shirt, and I do that regularly, I was then late. So I just set my whole life. I have a new ma a mantra for myself, that new 20 years ago. Early is on time. On time is late. Late is unforgivable. And there is, in the, in the urban environment, time is a somewhat more organic thing. <laughs> Nine o'clock means it's well after breakfast, but it's before lunch, but it's not nine o'clock. And that's because in the urban environment, you're dependent on trains showing up, on a parking lots being available, and being able to get your ID stamped at the floor. I mean, I get it. So what you do is you just plan on. And it makes a huge impression. But if someone is waiting a couple of minutes early, I think that was the person who was prepared. And by the way, preparedness isn't just punctuality. If they've taken the time to read up about our business on the web, if they have a good question, if they've actually looked at my LinkedIn post, if they know a little bit about me, that means this is someone who's gonna get what we came to talk about. So punctuality and being early, it'll never ever hurt you. And let's say that Criola and I meet about her business plan, and I'm really interested in her business and helping her and working with her and she gives me uh, some information. What I do after the meeting is I try, and I don't get this right every time, but I try like 90% of the time to set my schedule up so that I have a couple of minutes after I say goodbye to sit down in the lobby, sit down in a coffee shop, and write a note to her. And the note isn't just, hey, Carilla, love your business, love your heart, you're unique. No, that, I would do that anyway, but I'll say, and Carilla, the things I wanna follow up with you on are, you said you'd send me a business plan next week. I said that I would introduce you to Brian Jenkins, and I think you should consider becoming a member of the Chicago Association of Evangelism and Media. Why do I do that? First of all, if she gets it right away, she's going to say, I'm, I'm important. He took time for that. Number two, I don't have to carry it around in my head, sloshing around with a thousand other details because I've taken care of it. And number three, when Criola calls me in a month and says, hey, can we get together for coffee again? I say, absolutely. I go look at my email. I said, oh, we talked about those three things. And now I can say, so Creola, did you ever join the uh, Chicago Association of, uh, of uh, Evangelism and Media? No, I didn't. Okay. Um, you didn't send me your business plan either. Mm. So it's not because I'm trying to make her look bad. It's just that I want to know where we left off. And if I do that immediately and I do it crisply, then I don't lose anything. I actually gain clarity. 
for myself. And because I am involved in coaching relationships with a lot of people, I find if I don't take the time to write down what we talked about, you know, Ed and I have a meeting here for five minutes, and it says, I'm gonna send you something, and I say, I'm gonna send it to him. If I don't, within that day, send him a note, I will forget it. I think that that's, I think that that's uh, it. I- Thanks for joining us today on the Moxie Podcast. The Moxie Podcast is brought to you by Entrenuity, where we help entrepreneurs turn their ideas into invoices. We at Entrenuity are always happy to hear from you, so please reach out to us if you have any questions or comments at www.entrenuity.com. Until next time, this is your host, Liv Peterson.